This is Dystopia and Catastrophe. I am Roman from Podcast with Roman. Welcome back. It is great to have you here. Great to have you joining us on the podcast as we cover one second after, and more specifically, the scenario of the dreaded EMP attack on the United States of America. God forbid that should ever happen. And things continue to fall apart, ladies and gentlemen. You know, one of the things that happens here, one of the things they really start talking about is uh, our protagonist, his hand gets infected. Started out from just a scratch, and then it just becomes a big deal that uh, is persistently bothering him at this point. Typically not something that you would need to worry about. This is very common, though, in catastrophe scenarios, either documentary or book or movie or something of that nature. I've seen it before where somebody gets a cut on their hand and then they're dead, like, you know, two minutes later, roughly. Two minutes later in the story, but it really, it takes days. I, I find generally nothing you really need to worry about, believe it or not, you know, unless you're in just one of the filthiest environments on the planet, like what John, our protagonist, had been in. Obviously, if you read the story, you understand what I mean by that. So he gets this cut on his hand, it does get infected, and now he's kind of uh, up a creek. Uh, in some regard, as far as getting this thing treated, the treatment's not working. They're they're not able to keep this thing clean and get it get it worked out. I've had a lot of cuts in my life. I have uh, I've got I've had so many cuts on my hands and arms and so on and so forth. It almost defies belief because you know I I got into a lot of stuff when I was a kid out in the woods. And no, I didn't live out in the woods. I just I was out in the woods a lot. I used to live in Alaska, but out in the woods and. Just playing around with stuff. I mean, you get cuts on your hands. I mean, one time, I, this is when I was a little bit older, right after high school, I was messing around with a utility knife. I was cutting something. Can't remember even what it was. I think I was cutting some some uh, plastic material. And I, I swiped that thing, and it went right across my thumb, cut it wide open. I have never had a cut professionally treated before. Like, ever. And I've never really worried much about keeping it clean, except just the basic. And I, I've never had any problem with infection. Now, one thing I, I d did see happen one time is somebody I know actually had their cat. It was their cat. They lived on a farm, and their cat scratched them on the arm, as cats are wont to do. Cats are really just wicked creatures sometimes, right? That got infected really bad to the point where they, they began, it began to swell up, and this is like one of those infections that probably would have killed them if they hadn't have gotten it professionally treated, which they did. They, went, they had to go get antibiotics and stuff, right? So stay away from cats. If there's a moral of the story, like if disaster strikes, stay the heck away from the cats. You know, cats claw cats get into all kinds of really terrible stuff. And if you think about all the crap, literally and figuratively, that's on a cat's paws or claws and they scratch you, probably not the best thing in the world to be screwing around with a cat. And it, by the way, that's probably further evidence that cats should be, you know, just have your cat declawed. So they have another one of their catastrophe meetings in this chapter. We're on chapter number six. They have another one of their catastrophe meetings. This is always fun when they get the mayor and everybody together in a conference room. And this time, another town shows up. I don't know how to pronounce the name of this town. Swananoa, Swananonia, Swan, Swantown, Swan, Swan, Swanina, Swananina, Swana, Swananana, whatever the crap it is. I'm just going to call it Swantown. So they get Swantown up in there. And they're having a town meeting, and eventually they work out some kind of a deal with Swantown. Basically, they're trying to hash out food and supplies at this point, right? Uh, on and then, by the way, this is day number um, this is day number ten. We have jumped from day number four to day number ten, and so the supplies are starting to get a little bit scarce. Compliments of everybody looting the stores and wasting crap and possibly hoarding some stuff that they looted. I don't have a problem with people hoarding stuff that they bought. 
assuming they didn't deliberately go out and start buying and hoarding for the purposes of hurting other people. But, like, if they if they had been hoarding stuff from, like, before the crisis or whatever, they were basically preppers, for lack of a better way of putting it. I don't have a problem with that. That was their decision. They made a good decision. Let them do that. It's when people start hoarding stuff that they looted, that's when I have a problem. I mean, that's when, that's when I start saying, you know, you can kick down their door and take their stuff. But... That gets into a gray area, and then you got to start to decipher, okay, what was taken, who was it, and when was it looted? Was this something that they had before the looting or after the looting anyway? It's very complicated. But people are starting to die at a little bit more of a rapid clip. I mean, every day people are dying at this point, basically. So we have like uh, a little bit more than a half dozen people dead in just the morning of this meeting, right? So yes, they're talking about supplies and food and how they're going to be able to make it. And these people haven't even begun to hit the dark days yet, and they're already freaking out about food. And they begin talking about people who have farms, how much food they have there, whether or not there's people that had large supplies of food from before the disaster. Again, not the looters, but the people who had supplies of food before the disaster. And then, of course, the usual conversation comes up, should we go take it? And the, the idea being, can we dump this into one big communal pot? I'm going to do a bonus episode on that, but you, do you want to let me know what you think about that? Do you think they should just go in there, kick down somebody's door, club them over the head with a baseball bat, and take all their food? Which is basically what they're describing. Uh, do you think they should or should not do that? Let me know. Now, the town, to their credit, the town doesn't end up deciding to do that, thank goodness. But the, the idea was bandied about. And... The whole time I'm reading all this and I'm listening to the meeting and I'm, I'm uh, the people from Swan Town coming over there, another another small town. Those small towns got to band together because Lord knows Asheville ain't going to do anything but send them problems. You ever notice that, by the way, from that previous chapter? Asheville offers no solutions for anybody. Instead, all it does is offer problems. That's all it did. The big city, all, the only thing it could do for the smaller towns was just offer them more problems. You think that's limited to just this one scenario, or do you think that's fairly common when it comes to big cities versus little cities, little towns? Just a thought. No extra charge for that. But can you imagine, I mean, this is the situation in the small towns. Day 10, we're on day number 10, and they're already flipping out and starting to get panicked about medical supplies and food, and they're having to negotiate with the Swan Town, you know, over uh, over to the, uh, I think these this town is over to the south of them, I think, as I heard it described. Doesn't really matter for our purposes here, but... Can you imagine what it's like in the big towns? Like how quickly they came apart? I mean, we kind of heard from Charleston that it started coming apart like in day number one. What about a New York City or a Chicago? My gosh, Chicago. Can you imagine? What's it like in Chicago right about now? Day number 10 of this scenario? Can you imagine? Can't imagine anything particularly good coming out of that. And then you got uh, the situation of, you know, the mass exodus. They begin to talk again about this topic of the people fleeing out of the cities and coming down the road. Uh, they're coming down the road towards the hills and the hollers of North Carolina. And obviously, Black Mountain is square in their crosshairs. And then we got to figure out what we're going to do about that. And they come up with some kind of a basic plan for how to handle the people coming down the road. And, we, and you know, you read the story, you'll learn a little bit about that, how they're going to manage that and all the rest of it. You can let me know what you think about that, if that was the right way to set it up or the wrong way, if you have any ideas on that. I honestly don't know that there was a better way to handle it. I look at it and I think to myself, that's that's about as good of an idea as I probably could have come up with. But again, that you know, again, the, the more you hear this scenario described, the chaos, the people just kind of lost, wandering out into the countryside, just trying to survive, just trying to find the basics, you begin to see again the appeal that this kind of an attack has with regards to an enemy adversary overseas, an enemy of the United States. 
I mean, this is like, they're, they're reading this story, and they're just licking their lips, and they're thinking to themselves, my gosh, this is the sweetest, this is the sweetest scenario that they could possibly imagine, right? That's probably what at least some of them are thinking. And there's a temptation there. And you got to hope the consequences that they think might be wrought upon them are too heavy for the, uh, the temptation to be enticing. Because as soon as the possible consequences are diminished by something, God knows what, as soon as those get diminished and the enticement, the temptation, outweighs any potential consequence, then all of a sudden, they, they, very, they very well may just actually try to make this thing happen. They may try to bring the, uh, the nightmare to the United States. It's possible. Something to be concerned about, certainly something that we need to do something about instead of uh, constantly living in fantasy land. The United States of America really is a Disney World type existence in many cases. As far as the mindset, if not the actual reality of it, the mindset is very Disney World. And preparing for actual crises is not exactly something that the American people do well most of the time. Recent events should demonstrate that. Recent events as of the time I'm recording this, August of 2023. But, you know, this, this uh, particular chapter, chapter number six, really ends with impending doom. Proof positive that once you start the nightmare, the nightmares never end. Nightmares, within, nightmares inside of nightmares. So we've got supplies running out, and we've got people trying to negotiate to make, the, make this magic happen and actually keep the, these people alive long enough for possibly, maybe, possibly... Help arriving. The cavalry. The cavalry's gonna come, and the cavalry's gonna come with the cavalry. The cavalry's gonna do what the cavalry does. You got like a 50-50 shot. The cavalry's gonna come, and they're gonna help, and they're gonna circle the wagons, and everything's gonna be fine. Or the cavalry's gonna come, and you're gonna find out that the cavalry is really the enemy. I mean, if it were me, in this town, in a meeting, I would have brought that up. I would have said, you know, by the time the cavalry does come, it's entirely possible that we may very well find ourselves wishing that the cavalry never showed up. That is possible. And the thing you got to be careful of, like, take, take the previous chapter, chapter number five, and martial law and capital punishment, in other words, executions and things like that. The reason why you really need to maintain a sense of justice, a trial, a jury actually needs to be held, you know, the reason why you end up in, the reason why you need to do that is because whatever justice that you actually exercise on the residents of this town, that is to say the people at the top, the police chief and emergency managers, all the rest of it, the kind of justice that they pursue in the town could very well become the justice that is imposed upon them when some higher authority shows up. And when that higher authority does show up, you better have the moral authority to be able to say, see, we stuck to the Constitution. We did it right. Because if you don't have that moral authority, if you don't stick to the Constitution, state and federal, then some higher authority might come in and say, well, you, 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 you haven't been using the Constitution here. Why the heck would we use it with you? Why would we honor the Constitution when you weren't? See how that works? And probably little Lord Fauntleroy over there in Asheville is not thinking about that. He's thinking he's, he's king of the hill. He's, he is the authority. Well, someday later on down the road, little Lord Fauntleroy may find out real quick that he's not the authority. Somebody else is. And whatever the heck it is that little Lord Fauntleroy's been doing over there in his little fiat dictatorship might be, uh, might be used against him. He might find himself the victim of some larger dictatorship. That can happen. Just something to think about. So what do you think? Where, where, is this, uh, where is this going? What are the lessons that we need to take out of this? What do we need to learn here? 
Any thoughts? Go ahead and communicate those to me through Apple Podcasts if you have access to that. Leave a review there. I'll try to bring those questions and comments on. If uh, you can't do that there, or if you want to, go over to Patreon, Podcasts with Roman. Link in the show notes. And you can send messages through there as well. And you can also, uh, on Patreon, get access to bonus content. And I will uh, hope to see you all on the next episode of this here podcast. And with all of that said, this is Roman signing out. Thank you. Thank you.